Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fares. Discover more at viking.com. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. Thanks for joining us on today's episode, When Siblings Fight About Money. Marcy Keckler is Vice President of Financial Advice Strategy at Ameriprise. So, Marcy, when siblings fight over money, what are they fighting about? What are some of those topics? Well, the good news is these fights are rare. Oh, that's good. We did find out that siblings, most of the time they get along, only about 15% of them said they have money disagreements. But when they do, the main cause is something related to money and their parents. Oh, I see. So, for example, I'm helping mom out, but you're not helping mom enough? Or how to, what do you mean by that? Absolutely. So it could be a number of different things. Could be things like maybe a disagreement about who's getting more financial support from their parents? Is it fair? Or an inheritance, is the inheritance seem fair? And it also can be the things you mentioned. Uh, There could be feelings where one sibling thinks that they're providing different levels of financial support to their parents, and that can cause disagreement between siblings. Yikes. So when are they typically having these messy discussions? What we know is that, you know, they come up at different times in siblings' exchanges. And the best thing for siblings to do is to really make sure that they take time to talk together and that they focus on really where they have shared goals and where they have shared commitments. And so being able to anchor on really what do they care about and how can they, for example, support their parents, even if they have different financial means, it can be important to think about not just financial support, but non-financial support, coming over and helping out with chores around the house or checking every day, in every day on the phone. Those are, are all things that are important support. They just might not be financial, and that can really help if siblings give appropriate, appropriate value to all the kinds of support they provide. How do you work that out, though, amongst your sibling? If they say, you know what, I can't help out mom financially, but I can help out in some other way, like mowing the lawn, or how do you make sure that your sibling makes good on that? Are you saying, you know, should we have something a little bit more formal with our siblings, have some sort of contract, or are we just going on by everybody's goodwill here? You know, it's a great question. I think one of the key things we learned in our research is that it often helps to bring in uh, kind of a third-party facilitator, like a financial professional, can help broker those conversations about particularly financial support and obligations and even other shared responsibilities. I think the question about whether it needs to be written down really, you know, depends on the unique circumstances of every family. But I do think a couple of things that are really important to consider. One is to make sure that siblings aren't hanging on to any past history. So uh, oftentimes when siblings have grown up together, they have memories and things that they recall. And it's important to go forward and not be hanging on to things from the past. But also really important for siblings to make sure everybody gets a chance to talk that sometimes one sibling tends to be more vocal than another and to give everybody's voice a chance to be heard. Yeah, it sounds like for some families, it might need a therapist in the room for that one. But I I see where you're going. I think that's a good idea. (laughs) 
I'm wondering, are kids, are the siblings fighting over the inheritance while the parents are alive? So, for example, do they know what's in the parents' will and say, like, I don't like that she's getting that and I want this? Are you hearing about that? No, we're not hearing about that so much. But what we do know is that most parents aren't actually telling their kids how much to expect. And so if it winds up being an issue of dispute, it's typically after that inheritance has been received or distributed, only one in five of the adults who we talked to who had adult children said they told their kids how much to expect in an inheritance. Four out of five said they planned to leave an inheritance to their kids, but only one out of five had told them how much to expect. And I think that's where there can be some disagreement or disappointment if expectations haven't been set. So you said only 15% of siblings roughly are fighting about money or having these sort of heated discussions. I wonder if that number would be higher if the parents were telling the siblings while they're alive, while the parents are alive, how much money they're going to get when they die. What do you think? You know, I don't I, I don't know. I will say I think one of the key things we know is that when parents are considering leaving an unequal inheritance, it's really important that they convey their rationale for that. And some some families may find that that's something they're comfortable talking about, you know, maybe individually to each child. But much more often, it might be something people decide they'd really like to leave in more of a written format. So one recommendation to consider is to write it down and leave it in a companion document with your other legal documents, like your will, your trust, and so forth. And so think if you're thinking, you know what, my kids have different financial circumstances and I'm going to adjust inheritances accordingly, explaining that rationale in at least a written format for their review and reflection later can help reduce. But we do know only 25% of people who said they'd received an inheritance said it caused conflict. So it's not the main driver of conflict. It can happen. And I think parents can make a big difference in preventing it by communicating what's in their hearts and what their intentions are. That's a great tip. So in terms of takeaway tips for siblings, if they do have these money discussions, take the time, set the time aside to talk set some responsibilities, who does what within the relationship, especially when it comes to the parents, helping out the parents. Don't let the past conflicts interfere and what, ask for help. Anything else? Absolutely. I think asking for help. I think those are the biggies. And the only other one I would add is that it's important to remember your sibling relationship might be the longest one of your life. Uh, And so important for people to remember that having those good communication moments is going to be something that will make a difference uh, in their financial lives and in their overall lives and their families. So true. If you're fighting about something or you're upset about something, you got to think, is this really worth it at the end of the day in the long run? And probably I would think many times, perhaps the answer is no. So pick your battles. We're speaking with Ameriprise's Marcy Keckler about siblings' money conflicts. And you're listening to Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. This message is brought to you by Nuveen. Nuveen has provided investment excellence for 125 years. A lot has changed, but one thing that remains constant, including the different types of durable income in portfolios, can help investors meet their goals. With expertise across income and alternatives, Nuveen continues to expand its capabilities while maintaining its legacy as a leading investment manager. Visit Nuveen.com to learn more. Investing involves risk. Loss of principle is possible. For more insights, enable the Wall Street Journal skill on any device with Amazon Alexa.
Get all of our podcasts, as well as the latest news and market updates. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously. This is Watching Your Wealth from the Wall Street Journal. Now, from our studios in New York, here's Veronica Dagger. We're back with Ameriprise's Marcy Keckler, who's going to take our fun financial quiz. Marcy, you ready? I'm ready. All right. What's the best financial advice you ever heard? The best advice I ever heard, and this was when I was brand new in my career, was to max my 401k. I didn't even know what max your 401k meant, but I found out, I started doing it, and it's made a difference. And I, I think the lesson for people is uh, save what you can for retirement, start early, it'll make a difference. Absolutely. Worst financial advice you ever heard? Worst financial advice I ever heard is to try to time the market, to try to decide when you could sell high or buy low. I think that is difficult without a crystal ball (laughs) and uh, not good advice for most investors. That's right. Fill in the blank. Money can buy. Money can buy freedom with your time, can buy you the ability to spend your time doing the things you really enjoy and avoiding the things that don't bring you joy and that you still want to get done, like cutting your grass or having your car detailed or maybe cleaning your house. So I think it can (laughs) buy you some freedom, but it can't buy you more time. And money can't buy. So time, is that your your answer for that one? I'd I'd say also money can't buy a do-over. If you've made choices that you regret around uh, how you live according to your values or the things that are important to you and how you put your money in line with your values or not, um, money can't buy you a do-over. And so it's really important that people reflect on their values when they make financial decisions. Smart advice. And if you won a million dollars after tax, what would you do with it? I would take a three-month vacation immediately, and then I'd come back and uh, I'd reset. Sounds fantastic. Thanks so much, Marcy. Thanks, Veronica. And this has been Watching Your Wealth, a production of The Wall Street Journal. I'm Veronica Dagger. For more information, check us out at wsj.com slash podcasts. Thanks for listening. Enjoy our podcasts? Then listen in your car. Before you start down the road, just sync your smartphone using Bluetooth or plug into the USB port. Got Apple CarPlay? Just tap on the podcast app and search for WSJ. So, the next time you're getting behind the wheel, take us along and enjoy the ride. The Wall Street Journal. Listen ambitiously.